Hello, um, my name's Ward. Love all the strange little old man. Hell, we just had a marvelous conference. Marvelous. What? Are you ready to master Angular? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day intense workshop class for individuals or teams. They cover Angular 4 and 2 and focus on the skills and knowledge you need for complex, data-rich applications. They also still offer AngularJS for teams supporting older projects. Bring them to your site or send developers to them in St. Louis, San Francisco, New York, DC, and other cities, and online at angularbootcamp.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another Adventures in Angular show. This week on our panel, we have Alyssa Nichol. Hey, everybody. John Papa. Hello. Joe Eames. Hey, everybody. Shai Resnick. Hello. Ward Bell. Hello, everyone. I'm Charles Max Wood from devchat.tv, and we have a couple of special guests. We have Peter Bacon Darwin. Hi, everyone. And Megan Kingdom Davies. Hi, everyone. Oh. Now, she's been really quiet during the pre-show. I think we might have scared her a little bit. Uh, Oh, sorry about that. I got excited because I read the name and I saw Magic Kingdom. No, I saw Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you you guys want to introduce yourselves. I I think we know you, but I I don't know that our audience will all know you. So um, most people in the Angular community might have come across me somewhere. I'm the guy who has been looking after AngularJS for the last couple of years, along with a fantastic team of uh, developers. And I also produced a really cool tool that no one really understands called Jenny. Jenny. I love Jenny. Jenny with the light brown hair. Oh, I thought you said jelly. I was like, are you taking credit for jelly? Okay, anyway, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> yeah. Jelly is not normally used as a tool, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Oh, Megan, you have little faith. Megan, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Um, I am the event manager for White October Events. White October Events, um, if you don't know, are the organising committee behind mm-hmm. Angular Connect. I work with Pete, um, and Pete does a lot of our programming, and we do all of the organising for Angular Connect. Um, this is its fourth year. It will be in 2018, and um, I've been involved with it since the very beginning in 2015. And it's one of our biggest conferences that we run, but it's definitely a lot of fun. So if you've got any compliments to uh, about Angular Connect and how amazing it is, then you have to send them all Megan's way because it's it's White October Events who really does all the work. Uh, Josh and Ed and I are really only sort of uh, big picture thinkers, but they do all the hard work. Well, I was going to chime in because I, of this group here, I know I am one who attended Angular Connect. And I, I loved it for all kinds of reasons, but it's, uh, it certainly ran extremely smoothly and was very friendly to conference attendees and speakers alike. So thank you, Megan. I, uh, I can join Ward with this as a speaker. I, I got a wonderful experience. And um, if, if you know my talks, I usually have weird demands <laughs> I need a cape and a special room and stuff like that. And uh, the production team, Megan and Ruth and everybody was was amazing. So thank you. Really shy. We, I never noticed that you had any unusual demands at all. It just seemed, <laughs> you, were, you know, 
You just turn up, it's very professional, do the job, out the door. <laughs> no delays. That's, that's me. That, yeah, exactly. And everything always goes right on your shows, Shy. Yeah, yeah. We, we can talk about it later. Let's let tell, <laughs> tell, tell, let them uh, tell about Angular Connect before. <laughs> yeah. So no, let's talk about Shy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why well, do you want to know? <laughs> so I I haven't been able to attend any Angular Connects. Uh, do you want to give me a, an idea of what I'm missing, other than just the normal regular uh, conference experience that I would expect? Sure, Chuck. And I'm shocked that we haven't managed to invite you to a conference yet. So we'll have to remedy that for 2018. Um, so the big thing when we started Angular Connect was that we wanted it to be more than just a conference where a bunch of speakers stood up and gave a talk. We really wanted to create a forum for developers, both well-known in the community, like the speakers and the Google uh, Angular team, and uh, your Joe Bloggs developer in the street who's actually making cool stuff with Angular, to be able to come together and actually connect and make uh, new contacts, share ideas, get help with the problems. And so we wanted to create this sort of environment where that could happen. So obviously, the big selling point is the, the, the big speaking names that we get. Um, and that's been a really strong element over the last three years. But what we've been doing over each year is uh, incrementally improving the uh, contact that you can have with uh, with the well-known people in the Angular community. And I think we really nailed it this year. Loads and loads of people coming up to me and saying, I finally got it. I don't need to go to the talks because they're all on YouTube. I just go and hang out in these office hours rooms and the Q&A <laughs> panels and in the in the corridors and and all these speakers are so nice and they'll actually listen to me banging on about my small computer program that I can't get to work and they actually help me fix it. Um, and so many people came up to me and said that. So this is really what Angular Connect is about for me. That's cool. What do you guys yeah, so you... think uh, for the people who actually went? Did that is that ring true for you or am I missing the mark completely? Well, absolutely. I'm, uh, and I, it's definitely I'm, all board does. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, the whole, con you know, the, the way you've structured it is, is to make sure that that happens. And we were talking about this the other day. For example, these, the, you have rooms for where people, I guess we call it office hours, but it's not like you have to go anywhere to get to the office hour. It's right there. It's like another part of the conference. It's a, it's a conference room right next to the regular one. So I could either be attending a lecture or I could go into the office hours. Uh, room and I, you know, I didn't have to troop around to get there. Uh, and also, everybody has to kind of crisscross uh, in order to get from one place to another. They have to run into each other, and they kind of meet in the middle. And that's suddenly somebody who thought they might be going to the, to a talk is actually having a great hallway conversation with somebody else, and uh, that they didn't even that they've never met, didn't know. I just saw that going on all the time, and I thought it was marvelous. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the the thing you did in the first evening. Uh, I, I was so busy with my show and then hosting the lightning talks, and by the time I finished, I went outside to actually see people and speak with people. And you had these beers and like lounge environment or some or atmosphere um there and it was pretty cool uh it's the first time i got to actually 
talk with people, but not necessarily about like code and stuff, but more like chilling out and having a laugh and, you know, going to random people and just saying cheers with my beer. And it was very, very cool. So I wish it could be like that, like the entire thing without talks, like remove the talks, you know, remove everything, just like give us beers and like time to talk. (laughs) So basically you're saying that we should just get everyone in a big room and have a big stack of beers in the corner and just leave you to it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That would be amazing. Wait, I mean, also make sure there's still plugs and like laptops available. I think that could be magical, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you want to check out Facebook in between. (laughs) <laughs> so so you mentioned that evening, uh, Shai, and I think this was kind of a new thing that we did this year. The previous years, we've always had a party in the evening, um, but I've always been slightly disappointed with, with the party. We, um, lots of people get to the end of the day and they say, oh, it's a party, but we, need, we want to go out and have some dinner somewhere. So they all go off and they rarely come back. So the parties always end up being quite undersubscribed. Um, and although the White October events team and Ed and Josh and I have a fantastic time dancing on the dance floor. I always feel like we were missing a trick. So this year we decided to change the format and instead of having a straight party, we were going to extend the conference through into the evening, but do it in a slightly more informal way. So as Shai mentioned, he did he did his um, NG game show to kick things off, but then uh, he ran a whole uh, session of uh, lightning talks where anyone who was um, attending the conference could, could give a speech for, was it five or 10 minutes? I can't remember now. Um, but then we had uh, some other stuff going on. We had some music in the corridors with this cool uh, violin player who was doing space-related improvisations. Um, and uh, then we had a coding competition and other things. And the idea was to try and keep people in the conference, you know, tell them that you've paid all this money to come to the conference and it doesn't have to stop at the end of the of the first day, you know, and uh, it provided yet another opportunity for people to come and hang out, chill, but perhaps less stressed, you know, because it was not about trying to see all the things, but just being around and hanging out and getting to know each other. So hopefully that that went down well. I think it, it worked much better and lots more people stayed into the evening than previously for the parties. You know, that's another thing that happened for me was that I talked to people I'd never met before. And, um, you know, if I was a conference goer who was going for the first time to some, you know, I wasn't really well known or something like that. And I came to Angular Connect, I think I would have a really good chance of, of getting easily into a conversation with somebody I didn't know and feeling a part of it instead of sort of lonely wandering around wondering what I was doing here. I think Angular Connect does a nice job of breaking that barrier down that for, for, because I, I mean, how else, I mean, I was just talking to, I just met so many people I'd never met before and we were having really, really good conversations. Um, and I'd like to credit Angular Connect for that. And we also have to yeah. remember um, that uh, Ward uh, signed up for a really cool thing that we do, which is um, uh, I think fair, fair number of conferences have, um, uh, scholarships where they uh, help people who wouldn't be able to afford to come otherwise to come. Uh, often people who are new to the industry or from underrepresented groups. But what we also did was we asked some of the more well-known members, like people like Ward, to act as mentors for these people. And so we hooked them up at the beginning of the conference and uh, they were able to help them connect and, and network a bit and get to know people and feel less 
sort of overwhelmed by the whole experience. And I think Ward did a great job of that along with lots of other people. Yeah, I, I would say I've done that for uh, RubyConf. Um, I did that one year. They call them guides. And yeah, they, they do that for their scholarship folks. And it's it's really interesting to see just what an impact it has for those folks. Because by the end of the, the conference, you know, I've seen people, you know, and they've made all of these connections and they wind up getting jobs from those and things like that. And it's, I mean, you know, Ward's talking about all the people that he met and um, you know, Pete, you're talking about the opportunities that you're trying to create for people to talk. And for me, that's the big draw for the conference. Um, I mean, being in the room for some of the talks is important so I can get some questions answered, but I can watch the talks on YouTube afterward. It's being there, uh, being with the community and getting to know people that really is the big payoff for me. And just to hear that the conference is, is built around that and is set up to kind of serendipitously um, help people do that. And then for people who don't already know somebody there, giving them somebody to kind of lean on. I mean, all of this is just really, really important for uh, a killer conference experience. Do you know, it's so funny, um, Chuck. I was... Um I realized this morning we were about to have this podcast this evening and uh, I suddenly realized I hadn't seen any of the talks because I, throughout the whole conference, I'm just sort of running around, helping out, doing a little bit of um, emceeing, going and hanging out in the office room or whatever. And I never see any of the talks at all. So this morning I had to get YouTube up and then put all of the talks on double speed. I was like playing them in like two screens at the same time and just trying to watch them all. So that I had <laughs> right. something to talk about in terms of the content that was actually out there. But, you know, How do you it's not a big deal for me. Pete, uh, where are the talks at on? I was actually just on there this morning, at least, you know, just a few hours here. So after that, I'm trying to find the talks on YouTube. I can't find them. If I just YouTube for Angular Connect 2016, I don't find a playlist. Well, 2016 is a bad place Sorry, to start. Not 2016, 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I do find 2016's playlist, but I don't find 2017's playlist. So um, basically, we've got all of the live stream videos are up. They, weren't, yeah, they went up straight away. Yeah. Um, we've, uh, we had a bit of a technical hiccup in getting the actual individual videos up. Um, so uh, we had to re-record, uh, not re-record them, but re-edit them all. So that's taken a while. And I believe that they're going up in the next few days. We were just talking about that this evening, actually. So I'm sorry cool. that we don't have individual uh, talks up yet. But um, one of the beauties of um, uh, YouTube is that you've got this little scrubber thing. And as you move your mouse along, it shows you all of that like, little thumbnail of where, and it's quite easy to see where each of the, each of the talks starts. So that's what I spent my morning doing. Um, but yeah, keep an eye on the, uh, it's the Angular Connect is the channel. So if you go to Angular Connect channel, then uh, all of the live streams are there. And maybe by the time this podcast is broadcast, you might be able to see the uh, individual ones there too. You know, that reminds me that there was something you also did that was really new for me, which is you closed captioned all of the talks as they were given. So oh, wow. uh, anybody who was in attendance, there was a little screen up there and it was live closed captioning. Um, and, it, you know, the the manifest reason was to, uh, that this conf your conference, Angular Connect, was reaching out to uh, the community that doesn't here as well as some others. Um, and, uh, but what I think you and I mentioned that it was great for those of us who, uh, um, who were sort of semi paying attention. And then suddenly sort of in the back of our brain, we said, huh, what? We could look back up at the screen and the screen would tell us 
what it was that was just we just missed. So it was actually good for those of us who hear well. Is, um, but it was really it was really great that you had the closed captioning going on. Dude, dude, I have to tell this story. So I hosted the lightning talk, right? Uh, lightning talks, and one of the lightning talks was from the the guys who are actually <clears throat> actually are doing the live screen capturing and they show the technology and they show the process of how they are doing it. So you had one guy on the stage and a, another woman who is like, the, I think she runs, she's the founder of this company, uh, explaining about the process and he writes simultaneously what she's talking. And it's like, I, it, it ended and I went upstage and said to the audience, I think this is the first time I ever saw something that, the the, cl the closest thing is um, ever to a superhero in real life because I cannot imagine how you could do like some simultaneously it's it's it looks like a computer program is doing it and it's actually like a cool technique of pressing like few keys at once like chords on the piano to like assemble all the words and it's it's amazing. It's, it's, it's psycho. It's, it's, it's amazing, uh, to see it. So I hope you will upload this talk and every, everybody could see it because it's, Did we that? are you talking about, uh, Mike Brocky's talk? No, this was also no. a great talk, but the talk be before his talk about the live captioning, like how, how do they oh. actually do it? Oh, right. Okay. Did, did you so see Mike Brockies, I didn't see that one. I just saw Mike's. Mike's was uh, his actual talk, uh, not the lightning talk. Mm -hmm. So his talk about um, schematics. Oh, schematics. Yeah. The, that was hilarious <laughs> because the transcriptionist was transcribing yeah. and Mike oh, yeah. was reading off a line of code and it was schematics, colon, schematics, space, schematics, slash schematics. And then he says, <laughs> I before that, he says, I apologize to this transcriptionist. And after a few minutes... The transcriptionist types a few things, and then it actually changed, and it showed the transcriptionist typing and saying, "Okay, please stop." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was actually Hans, but yeah, that was funny. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh yeah, was, that's right. It was Hans. It was Hans yeah. talking about uh, something else, but well, they in had the a, same name. Schem yeah, schematics. That schematics. Yeah. schematics. It's like a. It's really? another NG wet moment. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was so funny. They were like playing, kind of playing with the. Uh, transcriptionist just a little bit, and that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> but Pete, can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be, and how you know if somebody in another conference wanted to do that? And maybe this is also a question for Megan. Um, how you know was it just outrageously expensive, or do you think it's the kind of thing that other conferences can take on, or what? I'll, I'll give Pete a little break here. So we work with white coat captioning and, and we have done for the last couple of years and they caption all of our conferences that we run here at White October events. And they're truly amazing. We use them sometimes on site, but they're actually um, based in the US and they um, sometimes do the captioning remote as well. So they do it via Skype so that they're actually listening to the conference in the UK and then captioning from the US, which I just think is amazing. And they work incredibly long shifts at all weird times of day. So I'm going to give them a shout out here. Um, but we, it, it's, 
it's a small price to pay in your conference budget when you're really thinking about accessibility. And you've already talked about a few reasons why we do it, um, especially for those who are hard of hearing, but also for those people who um, English is maybe their second language um, or a speaker has a, has a thick accent. It just makes talks a lot more accessible for everybody. Um, and yeah, I'd highly recommend it. Any conference organisers organizers can do it and the AV side of things is really really easy so I'd highly recommend it. I think there's tons of value and benefit to it even beyond just the accessibility yep. for people with for whom English is a second language or who are hard of hearing because uh, even as a native English speaker who has good hearing there was quite a few times when somebody said something that I didn't quite catch and I could turn to the transcription which is you know just a few seconds delayed and then be able to read through and read everything that they said. So I found a ton of value out of it as a conference goer. Yeah, it always throws people through a loop. But I actually, when they come over to my house, I always have subtitles on. And it's just how I've always lived. And so whenever I go to conferences, like Google I.O. also did that. And I just have such a mass amount of appreciation for it because it's how I consume content. And I don't need to consume it that way, but it's how I'm used to it. And so that, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. There's so many reasons. So thanks for doing that. That's awesome. Well, and just to pile on, I mean, it goes well beyond just the experience of the people at the conference. YouTube allows you to add closed captioning to your videos. And so when you put the videos up, you can add the text and it'll, it'll put the closed captioning up on the video as you go. And so it's accessible not just to people at the conference, but to anybody who watches the video. And you can also use that text then to, you know, build out a solid description and things. And, you know, so, so there are a whole bunch of other benefits to the community at large and to increasing the awareness of the conference. And this is also part of our sort of bigger plan to, uh, you know, as well as just connecting people, we want to be able to uh, enable people and uh, so we're really interested in diversity and in, in improving the diversity of the community uh, and improving the inclusion of people. Uh, so obviously making the conference more, um, uh, there's a, a wonderful, wonderful woman called Svetlana who came from America uh, to give a talk. Um, she's profoundly deaf and she brought um, a sign language interpreter with her. And so she was going around, she was very gregarious, having loads of conversations with people. And this wonderful sign uh, interpreter was having to do all of the uh, sort of interactions with people. Um, but she gave this a, a fantastic talk uh, about um, what it's like to use web technology as, um, as a deaf person. Um, but she was talking to us about um, what we'd done to try and make her life easier in terms of coming as a speaker and she did say that the, that our conference had been the the most deaf friendly uh, conference that she'd ever attended either as a speaker or an attendee um and the closed captioning just one of those things um we we felt it was really important to support her in terms of being able to bring an interpreter in along as well uh, which she said was very rare conferences don't tend to do that um they kind of balk at the idea of like what well, we're gonna have to but have a have an interpreter for you as well. Oh my God, that's going to add extra cost or whatever. Um, but uh, we also provide like a, a loop system so people of hearing aids can connect to it to get the uh, the audio. Um, but one of the things that uh, we realised was that 
we were kind of guessing at what we're doing. You know, we're trying to make best efforts to, to improve the accessibility of the conference. Um, but one of the things that came out of, uh, uh, we have two lunches during the conference. One is about um, the community, but the other one was about diversity. And as well as discussing all of the gender issues, which are very, um, very pertinent in the industry at the moment, uh, we also talked about general accessibility. And one of the things that came out of that was that we should engage with people from underrepresented groups really early on in our planning, bring them in and get them to basically audit what we're doing and see if there are things that we've missed. Uh, one of the classic things that was highlighted to me at the conference was that if you were, um, uh, if your gender was not clearly male or female, um, which toilet do you use? Because we just had male and female toilets, you know, and this is a real problem for someone who doesn't identify with either of those or they are maybe uh, transitioning from one to the other. Uh, and they said, well, you do have some disabled toilets, but then I feel like I shouldn't be going into those ones because they're specifically for disabled people. Um, so if we, I actually thought about that and provided that uh, some gender neutral toilets somewhere for people to use, that would have made their life more easy and made them feel more comfortable about coming to the conference. Um, similarly, this year we had a quiet room, which uh, is really useful uh, not only for people, say, for instance, if they wanted to go and pray, which is uh, often uh, necessary for some people, uh, but also, like, for instance, if you have, if you're on the um, autistic spectrum, sometimes things just get a little bit too manic and you just need to go somewhere where it's really quiet and calm and get away from all the busyness. Um, so all these areas are areas that we're trying to improve, but we've realized that if we actually go and talk to those people up front really early on, then we can make sure that we've uh, covered those uh, before rather than waiting until they complain. So that's one of the things that we're going to try and do for next year is, uh, is try and sort of get this audits in. Um, but I was really pleased that uh, lots of the feedback from underrepresented people was that we had gone above and beyond what they'd normally expect in a conference. And for me, that's really what uh, diversity is all about. It's not about having headcounts and saying we must have X number of women and X number of people from ethnic backgrounds. It should be how can we make it so inviting and so welcoming for everyone so they all feel comfortable to be there without having to put themselves through a hassle to get there. Um, and hopefully, you know, the other conferences uh, in the Angular world will will take up on this and we would like to be able to sort of share some of the ideas with them and lots of them are not very pricey you know they're mostly just about being thoughtful sorry end of rant but I enjoy, <laughs> I, that really is important to me you know i think without without that then we're not really doing our job yeah and i think that we should also take that into the workplace in general and also the way that we interact with people um, and hopefully we can sort of act as a beacon for that well, I, I, you know, I uh, obviously I'm in no position to say whether you were successful at that, but I can tell you as somebody who is on the dominant side of every one of the dimensions, you know, the winning, I'm on the winning team on every one of these dimensions. Um, it, I didn't, you know, it didn't feel oppressed, you know, reverse oppressive at all. I mean, it was just great. It just felt like uh, a natural part of, uh, of the conference. So I also, uh, uh Intended old white old white males don't have a problem here is when my point is hey if you're an old white male and you know you've been winning all along you're still winning but we realize that we do need to have a dressing room for people with a large number of wardrobe options so they can get changed <laughs> at various different points <laughs> of the uh, conference 
Wow, Ward, you were amazing. Like Ward changed, changed like I think five outfits and each one was better than the other. Like what was the first one, Aladdin? Or it was the second one? That was the oh. second one. I had a pirate to begin with. And, oh, yeah. you were Lord, a pirate. Lord, seriously, though. Pirate, I thought you were some kind luggage. of um, town crier. How much luggage do you pack, Ward? <laughs> like, for real? Hey, hey, Elisa, you shouldn't talk. Should I uh, tell the story from AngieConf about your <laughs> wig? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so some people judge me and people like Shy and Ward because we... You know, like we have pink wigs available in our, our suitcases in- because we're going to a conference and you might need to pull it out. I don't know. It's, it's normal, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> But I, I just don't know how you do it, Ward. Like it was overseas and you had that many outfits for, I'm assuming, like one or two days. So like, do you literally check like multiple bags? Um, well, actually, I was staying the whole week and I did it all in carry-on. What? All right, wow. we have to have a podcast sometime that Ward teaches Alyssa how to do traveling right because <laughs> nice. I'm apparently failing yeah. ethically. He has one of those okay. vacuum cleaners that sucks the air out of a plastic bag, and all of his clothes just go down into a pocket-sized envelope. Oh, there you go. You, you know the other too trick, much, the other, trick, the other trick is to put all of your clothes on when you get on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sit right uh, below the air condition. Oh, oh my goodness. So to bring us back on track, I've never got to attend an Angular Connect. So how big is this conference? How many attendees and speakers and such? This episode is sponsored by Linode. Linode is offering listeners of this podcast a $20 credit, which is good for four free months at their lowest plan. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for $5 a month. You can get your servers in any of their 10 data centers and their high memory plans start at 16 gigabytes. Get a server running in under a minute. They do hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups, node balancers, long view, etc. VMs for full control, running Docker containers, encrypted disks, VPNs, etc. You can run a private Git server. They provide native SSD storage, 200 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. They have 24-7 friendly support, even on holidays, and a seven-day money-back guaranteed. So go check them out at lino.com slash adventures in Angular. I'll let Megan give you the details on that. She's probably got more of a handle on it. It was lots. It is lots. Um, so we this year had about 1,100 um, attendees, and then we have in total about 60 speakers altogether. Um, and then we have our workshops the day before. This year we had seven, which is the most we've ever done. Um, and then we've got all of our staff and our sponsors as well, so it's pretty busy. That's incredible. 60 speakers. Were there multiple tracks, I'm assuming, in order to fit all of them in? Yes, yeah, so we do um, two main tracks for the main talks that we do. Um, one will fit our keynotes, and then um, we have a smaller track where we have the rest of our talks. And then we have three other tracks. Um, we have uh, one that fits about 150 for our mini workshops. So those are workshops that take three or four hours. Um, 
And then we have our office hours room, which Pete's spoken a little bit about, which is where we invite our speakers to come into after their talk to um, chat to attendees. Attendees can come in with questions um, and problems and speak to speakers one-on-one. -on -one. And then we have our Q&A panels, which um, we have six or seven panels across the two days on specific topics. And we invite speakers, uh, experts in those topics to sit on the panels and they are hosted by one of our MCs. Wow, that's incredible. Um, and then we've got our retro games room. So each year we have a theme for the conference. This year it was space. So we had loads of space themed games, old consoles and arcade games. And then we have a chill out space, which we fill with loads of bean bags and comfy seating. And um, it's just a place for people to have a little bit of downtime, do a bit of work if they need to, um, grab a drink. And then this year we ran some mindfulness and yoga sessions that were just informal. People could drop in and learn a little bit about that. So you had oh, a, so cool. a special spacey space in the conference. It was a very spacious space. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 a few space cookies, or that was just my experience. I think uh, that might just be you, Shy. Yeah, you know, you haven't lived until you've seen Shy uh, do yoga. He puts on, uh, yeah. he puts on these skimpy outfits with the sort of the furry leggings, uh, right out of uh, the eighties dance things, and. And mm -hmm. he does his interpretive yoga. It's amazing. You should tell yeah. about that. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I teach RxJS that way. <laughs> I wanted to see Ward yes. doing yoga in his um, genie outfit. I think that would have been really awesome. <laughs> I have so, to yeah, work on the splits. I have to work on my splits. <laughs> so there's a lot going on. I, I'm interested to hear, um, in terms of the content, what uh, the people on the panel thought was uh, who went there would thought was good and if there's anything that uh they thought we could do better mm, that's 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 a tough question because as ward said um i attended a few talks in person and i'm still waiting for the videos to like you know to see all of it but i kept her hearing from people about like several talks that were like mind-blowing uh, and one one to mention is Uri Shaked's accessibility talk which uh, I heard and I already saw this talk uh, before but this time he actually did it a bit differently um, and and I heard lots of good things uh, about that but I didn't see a lot of talks myself I don't know maybe it's the adrenaline maybe it's like like Ward said you go to see a talk and then you get like stop. You see someone you didn't see for two years. So you start talking and catching up and you know, next thing it's the end of the day and you just talked all day, you know? And, uh, so that's why was my experience. I think that's really great. If that's your experience, that's exactly what I want people to get out of it. But, um, I, rem I, I did watch Uri's talk, uh, on YouTube, today and he did this amazing thing where he controlled a, the, uh, a game uh, the little you know the um 404 on google chrome with the little um dinosaur that has to jump over the cactuses the t-rex yeah. yeah yeah so he controlled that with his mind he had some way of like using his eyes or his mind or something to uh make the little oh, t-rex jump without I've touching the keyboard. it's it's like a headband that is yeah kind of measuring brainwaves 
Yeah. So I, I think he like rigged it to like if he thinks about a certain thing, it goes up, and if he doesn't think about it, it goes down or something. And so that's how it, <laughs> he's really an insane, awesome person. I love. Yeah, and we just don't want to know what <laughs> what he is thinking about to make it go up and down. <laughs> <laughs> keep that to himself. <laughs> I'm I'm just curious. Were there any big announcements at Angular Connect? I know that the Angular Core team sends folks. One of the things that got lots of people excited and created lots of uh, lots of buzz on Twitter, I noticed, was the um, talk by uh, Rob Wormold, which was uh, about Angular Elements. And this is a new one of the laboratory projects that's currently sort of being simmered, which is to provide um, Angular as custom elements. So you literally just drop drop a custom element into your into your web app and it will work whether it's an Angular app or not. And sort of all of the Angular is encompassed inside the element. So everyone got very excited about that. That was That's probably one of the big announcements. There's also some cool stuff coming from the uh, CLI guys. Um, if I remember correctly, um, Schematics is mentioned already. That's one of their big, their big exciting areas. Um, but... I guess in some ways, Angular is now maturing, and uh, and as a mature product, then we're not doing massive breaking changes of every. Uh, well, the breaking changes we have are very managed now, so they don't feel as ex sort of exciting and revolutionary as going from Angular JS to Angular was. Um, so, Angular Elements was probably the biggest thing I would say. Anyone else notice anything? Well, I will say parenthetically that Angular Elements is the future of the talk that Jesus and I did on dynamic uh, page construction, which is really what Angular Elements allows you to do in a much more graceful way than we were showing. So we, uh, Jesus and I showed the hard way, that is what, the way you have to do it today, and then Angular Elements is this sort of, and look, folks, all you'll have to do is drag the component onto the screen and it's yours kind of talk. Um so yeah, that uh, and Rob was talking about that the whole conference long, and he always had a crowd around him that was interested in that. So I guess there's more interest in doing that kind of application than anybody really thought going in. Um, I did. Uh, I hardly saw any talks. Uh, I did attend Shai's uh, hilarious, uh, as did almost everyone, um, hilarious game show. Uh, but uh, I did look at some of the videos later, and so if I had to pick one that just 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 impressed the heck out of me and I didn't see them all. All right. So if, if you're not mentioned, it's because I probably didn't see your video, but I really liked Alex Rickabaugh's talk on, uh, which was titled advanced, um, advanced angular or something like that. Uh, and it's, it was, but it was, it was really an exploration of the things you could you uh, do with uh, dependency injection to facilitate cross component communication. And Ooh, there was yeah. there were some trick there were tricks in there that uh, are not really weren't really clear to me and documented anywhere that I knew yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that talk with the read where you can yep. read a specific service out of a, an, a specific injector, which was amazing to see. Like another trick to the in the book, right? Or you right. can use. So it, yeah, it was amazing. I I'd always seen the read parameter there, but I it was never documented. I didn't know what the heck it was reading or why it was called read, mm -hmm. and it was annoying to me that nobody ever told me what that thing did. And now I know. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. 
One thing I liked, um, and I have to say, I, I always like sort of technologies that sort of rub up against the mainstream. Um, I really enjoyed um, Adam Klein's talk about MobX. Yep. Um, this is a, a kind of, it's sort of an alternative to Redux, maybe. It's it's the kind of store that um, does data, uh, it's a, change detection automatically but it's a really funky piece of technology and it doesn't get that much exposure in the angular community but probably because of things like ngrx and the the built-in change detection in angular anyway but it, I, I thought his talk was really clear and and i think it's just a really fun piece of technology that i'd love to try and work into a project at some point it, it was, that was going to be my second mention in part uh for it, it, out in the uh, React world, uh, Mobex is the competitor to Redux, and it gets a fair amount of play because the two sides, the two proponents of it are kind of duking it out you know, for Mindshare. Uh, and its big selling point is that um, there's not all that stuck code to write. There's a lot, not a lot of boilerplate. Uh, I thought uh, his uh, talk show, you know, here it plays the same role as a competitor in some sense. Or, uh, to um, to to NGRX uh, because again it goes right after the whole question of what do you do with all that boilerplate uh, and I think it's it's uh, a very useful talk he really opened some eyes and he did a really great job of presenting it so that was another um, another favorite of mine I'll throw one more in there just because uh, I, I was really uh, pleased by it. Um, there's a guy called Dominic Kundal who came and gave a talk about security, but he he's, he did it in a really nice way. What he did is he said, look, here's my example app, and, uh, and he'd even put it out there. And then he got a friend who's a security expert to come along and just explain to him where all the flaws were. And first of all, he said, look, I've done all of these cool things that I've read about and I've put in uh, cross-site forgery detection so on and then his friend just picked all the holes in it and showed how you could um, basically break into his app and, and mess it up and then he showed how you would fix those things and so it was a real hands-on practical approach um, but done in a really um, sort of mild-mannered way you know he wasn't preachy at all it was just very straightforward look these are the things that were wrong with my app and this is what I did to fix them and I could really see how that would have been a really useful uh, snippets of information that you could take straight into many people's projects around around the Angular world. Ooh, I got to check that out. Hey, I suddenly remembered another one. We were talking, uh, Alyssa, you were talking about like what is new, what's on the frontiers of Angular. And mm -hmm. so Rado did one on something that's known informally as the ABC project, which is Angular, Basil, and uh, Clojure, which is a different build system that uh, Google uses internally, and they're, um, they're working to make that uh, available to the rest of us. Uh, it'll matter to those of the rest of us who are building really big projects that take a long time to build. And I thought Rado did a really great job of showing what those technologies were, how they play together, and, and how, it, how it improves the performance of um, uh, your development cycle how it really does shave a lot of time off. So um, uh, if you've been hearing about this Basil thing and wondering what it's about and don't want to spend a lot of time learning about it, you want to just like 20 minutes, get the idea, uh, and then decide whether you want to learn about it, uh, Rado's talk was good. Another highlight I, uh, that I remember 
is uh, Joe singing the chicken dance song uh, on stage. Dude, I had so much fun doing that. That was so cool. That whole <sighs> bit was so cool. <laughs> I missed that. You've got to do that for me, Joe. You got to oh, do you, that for all of us. You missed that? I just sang it. I was like, you know, the music. I was, I was making noises to the music. I was pretending like I was a music instrument. It wasn't really. You don't sing it. You know, you're just making the noises. <laughs> is there video of this? We've got to get it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, it will. It will be on YouTube. Uh, so, so just to give a context, uh, during the NG Game Show. Um, I actually didn't have time to add all the sound effects that I, that I wanted to add. So I had to Im improvise on stage and just randomly take people and, or do the sound effects myself for the, to create attention and stuff like that. So one of the tasks we need, we needed to do is to dance the chicken dance and Joe volunteered to sing it, which, and I, I think you did a great job. So thank you for that. Thanks. But it, it was amazing. I, we uh, always knew he had talent. We just didn't know what that talent was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've heard Joe play the piano. He's actually quite talented on that, too. Thanks. Wait, what? <laughs> I, I play the feel piano. so deceived. Yeah, you really, this is you, like, deceived. In, in a relationship, you tell up front, you know, like, I'm great at Angular, I like speaking, and I play the piano, right? Like, you Just don't hide FYI, that people, Joe. I started, I've been, I've been doing that from now on, that's going to be my new policy, as soon as I meet anybody. In case we become friends, I want you to know, <laughs> on the off chance that you and I become friends, you've now been informed. Uh, yeah. Thank you, that would be, I, that'd be nice. I play the piano. Just so you know, so we Just won't have any surprises. Shirt, you know, I get a tattoo on my forehead. <laughs> Goodness. All right. Well, is there anything else that we should cover before we get to picks? We've been uh, talking for about an hour. Well, I want to know what Alyssa was doing when she wasn't at Angular Connect, and then I think we're done. Oh man! Oh man! Well, that actually could lead right into picks because. My the answer to that is technically my pick, although it's not really a pick. It's just like my update in news. So I'm going to stop dithering and tell you. Um, <laughs> so I had a job. Um, I actually started a new one this week. Um, but the one before this, uh, the reason I had to leave was because they told me um, no more conferences. And that is the reason that I could not attend Angular Connect was because I did not find a job fast enough. <laughs> legitimate um because i really wanted to go and everyone all you know the big name peeps were like wait you're not going and i'm like yes keep rubbing it in so um i got hired at kendo ui as their angular developer advocate so now i have no excuse next year and i, I should be actually at all angular events now so that's my job awesome. I'm super pumped i know right <laughs> so yes that is my sad sob story but it has a happy ending so yeah <laughs> nice was that Congrats, Alisa. Was that the job that Burke Holland was doing before? Uh, yes, he he was. Man, Chuck, you know everybody. It freaks me out, man. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he went over to work with John Papa, didn't he? I think so. John, can you confirm? I know. I think he is at Microsoft or was. Or is. Yeah, Burke was the, uh, I'm not his title wrong. He was like the director of developer relations for all of their products. Uh, uh, and uh, yes, I stole him. <laughs> uh, so and that, and a good steal it is. A good steal it is. Burke's worth following. He would be my pick. I'm going to put. He's going to be my pick. 
Awesome. Sorry, I interrupted you, Alyssa. Was that everything? Oh, no, or? I was just going to be like, yep, that was it. I was just going to say that was my pick. So, Yeah. And my echo chimed in and said, yes, that's everything. So, <laughs> I wonder if you ever have that problem at your house. Anyway, uh, Joe, what are your picks? As a developer, you love building things that are fun and that matter. Do you want to add authentication to yet another app? Do you want to stay updated with all the security issues and patch them? Why not leave that to the experts? Auth0 is the easiest and fastest way to implement real-world authentication and authorization architectures into your apps and APIs. You can allow your users to log in with either regular username and password, social identity providers like Facebook and Twitter, or enterprise identity providers like Active Directory, Office 365, or without passwords with an email login like Slack or phone login like WhatsApp. Getting started is very easy. Add authentication to your Angular 1 or 2 Plus or Ionic app in less than 10 minutes by writing only a few lines of code. No credit card required. Get the free plan or try the enterprise plan for 21 days at auth0.io slash adventures in Angular. That's auth0 with the number zero. Auth0 is trusted by developers at Atlassian, Mozilla, Bluetooth, Optimizely, Financial Times, and the Wall Street Journal. Try it out at auth0.io slash adventures in Angular. That's the number zero in Auth0 and get back time building core features. All right. So I am going to pick an audiobook that I've been listening to lately that is just so freaking amazing. Uh, I've actually been listening to it for a long, long, long time. It's called Cabin Pressure. And what it is, is it's a dramatization done by the BBC. And it's got, uh, oh, who's the guy that plays Sherlock? What's his name? Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes! Yep. It's got him. It's it's actually quite a bit older. He did it a long time ago. Okay. And it's just super hilarious. I know I picked it before. It's like a family favorite. It's pretty darn clean and just absolutely hilarious. Cabin pressure. And it's a radio dramatization comical, like 30 minute episodes about a crew of people who work on a small airline that has one private jet. That's it. <laughs> That's all that they have is one jet. And they um, uh, they go on it. You know, they fly from place to place. They try to stay alive. And it's it's spoiler, spoiler alert. Yeah. You know, they try to keep the company alive is really what I meant. You know, not oh, there's like multiple. There's multiple of them. There's like episodes oh, yeah. or series. Oh, yeah. Or there's something. like okay. uh, wow. 20 episodes or something like that all together in this whole thing. So anyway, I highly recommend that uh, cabin pressure. And then I would be remiss to not mention that NGConf 2018 tickets are on sale right now. And I'm very excited for that and what that's going to uh, be and all the exciting plans that we've got. So that's it. Awesome. John, what are your picks? My big pick is uh, one of my favorite TV shows, not my favorite, one of mine was called Psych. Just loved watching that. The kids could watch it. My wife, all ah. families on USA for years. Super funny and comical. Uh, they're doing a movie for TV that's coming out this week, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. So they're getting the, the gang back together to do movies coming on TV, and we're all excited. My kids are asking me every day, are you recording it? Recording it? So, John, I had no idea you were into Psych. My, me and my wife, we are super Psych, especially my wife. She's a super. We are having a party at my house, like 25 people coming over to watch the movie. We have actually gone on vacation to Vancouver, British Columbia to go around to all the places where they filmed Psych. 
You didn't oh, invite me. <laughs> you didn't invite me. I will invite you next time. I promise. Bum bum bum. Muffins. If you know what that is, look it up. <laughs> All right, shy. What are your picks? Oh, oh, I got a pick for you guys. Uh, so I've been researching the topic of uh, of uh, defense injection lately. Uh, really, really deep dive into defense injection because I'm writing a course about it and. Uh, you know, when you research a topic, uh, you always get into these branches of what that thing is and what that thing. And let's see the history of that. And, you know, this is how my mind works. So I keep finding myself at 5 a.m. after a YouTube binge of like, you know, hours of lectures. So one of those lectures was by Uncle Bob Martin, who was the um, uh, probably most of the world uh, already know him, but is the guy who wrote, who wrote uh, the Clean Code uh, book and uh, just a famous uh, developer uh, and speaker. So he had um, a lecture about uh, called the Solid Principles of OO, Object Oriented, and Agile Design. And basically, don't expect to him to tell about all the solid principle, which is an acronym for like, you know, a bunch of uh, practices and patterns uh, of object oriented. But during this talk, he gives a great history lecture about uh, object oriented and how it like cr was created and from where and all from the 50s, I think, and all the way to this day and age. So it's a really fascinating um, history lecture. Not not that much about code, although he do get into it. He uh, does get into it in the end, but very, very um, interesting. So that's one pick. The other pick is an interview <laughs> me and Chuck did. I think last year that I just released on, on the YouTube channel, on the high-risk YouTube channel. Uh, and it's, it's pretty interesting, especially the end <laughs> of the interview, which I got a lot of response <laughs> for. So yeah, that was, uh, so that's my other pick. So you, you should check, um, check th those both out. And I just, uh, also released like officially released the, Angular Basics course, which is a free course on highres.io, so you could check it out as well uh, if you want to learn Angular. How many uh, how many retweets have you got on that now, Shy? Wow, dude, I uh, got like I think over 200 tweets. It's my most viral tweet ever. Uh, the last one was like four retweets, so this <laughs> is a is a big improvement. Uh, didn't but you yeah. say you were going to throw your laptop out the window if you didn't reach a thousand? Mm, yeah, I promised that I will install Windows 95 on my Mac and uh, throw it out, out the window if I won't reach <laughs> 1,000 retweets. But um, I, I didn't say when, so it might reach 1,000. <laughs> I give it a year and then I will install a win <laughs> Windows 95. <laughs> Just need to get the CD-ROM order it i think it comes on 15 floppies actually oh and one of them has an error and you need to go to your friends and copy the whole thing again right? 
So yeah, so I'll do it. That's my picks. Those those are my picks. Yeah, it broke my heart when I found out my niece doesn't know what a floppy is. I was like, mm. oh man, oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. only gonna get worse. My daughter, she didn't know about TVs that can't be paused. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. My story is is we were riding in the car and my two year old didn't like what was on the radio, so she told Alexa to play something else. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. <laughs> I love oh, that's child. awesome. All right. Oh. Should I post the link to that Uncle Bob talk? I, I, I will it. yeah, I will um I will post it uh, here in the notes. All right, Ward, have we gotten your picks yet? No, I got three quick ones. One of them is uh, Burke Holland's uh, Twitter uh, handle because he's worth following. One of the things that's interesting is that he's busily exploring um, uh, view and React and things like that. And so he's doing this cross-pollination thing. I, I, and I think he's just good to follow. Uh, my next one is um, because John Papa was telling me about this 19-second um, video he did that got a lot of tweets, uh, which is I, – I, it's just so ridiculous – is how to uppercase a string in VS Code. So I'm linking to that one. Uh, so you can add to is the ridiculous – like the pencil sharpening thing? It, yes, it's exactly <laughs> like that. Uh, it's John Papa's own uh, pencil sharpening. Um, I don't understand. What's the pencil sharpening reference? Oh, well, we'll get you that. <laughs> I'll, I'll make that in, too. That's one of the greatest Thanks. documentaries of all time, uh, which is uh, a, a, an extensive video on proper pencil sharpening technique. Now, you might think that that is a joke, and I will find it, but it is the guy is serious as the day is long. Uh, oh, you're going to love it. So I guess I have four picks. My, my next pick is, because um, uh, Peter won't do it for himself, um, is a video of Peter talking about Jenny, uh, which, is the, um, which is the little technique that we actually, we actually use it. Uh, be, it's behind the scenes in your Angular documentation. It's part of how we create that Angular documentation. And um, so shout out to Pete there. Uh, and then I'll go find the pencil sharpening um, video, and I will put that link in our show notes. God bless you, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Joe, I think I moved on too quick because you say you have another pick. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I do have one more pick. Uh, my Pluralsight course on migrating from AngularJS to Angular just uh, launched today as we record this, which won't be today when this goes out. But it launched today with the... Uh, course before, which is on getting ready to migrate, I've got a total of eight hours of coursework on migrating from AngularJS to Angular, which I believe, unless I'm mistaken, I could be mistaken, but I believe that is the most um, complete source anywhere on migrating, the most comprehensive co content you can find anywhere uh, on migrating from AngularJS to Angular. So You go, Joe. You go. Yeah, it's been a topic that has uh, always been a passion of mine. So I was really interested to do this course and put it out. And uh, there we go. That's my risk. I, I don't pick that as well. Awesome. Um, I'm going to jump in here with a couple of picks. Um, one of the big ones for me is um, I've been talking to a bunch of people 
kind of out in the wider community, including one of my neighbors who actually uh, does code in Angular. Um, and as I've talked to people, I, I'm still talking to a lot of people who are doing AngularJS or Angular 1.x, however you want to refer to that. And so what I'm curious about is if you're still using AngularJS or Angular 1.x, I want to know why. I'm not looking for, you know, to convert people to Angular 2 or Angular or whatever you want to call it. I'm not looking to tell people they're doing it wrong. What I'm really curious about is, is why. And I've heard a whole bunch of interesting answers. I think a lot of them make a lot of sense. So if, if that's the case, then let me know. Um, you can either tweet at me at cmaxw, C-M-A-X-W on Twitter, or you can just email me, chuck at devchat.tv. Um, I'd, I'd really, really like to know, and then I'd like to do a show on it and just talk through some of those reasons and you know see what the panel thinks about a lot of that stuff. Um, I'm also going to send an email out to the email list to see what kinds of responses I get from the people who are subscribed to the mailing list as well. Uh, Pete, what are your picks? Hi, so um, I've got a couple. Um, the first one is an, a fantastic new piece of technology uh, which we're incorporating into the uh, Angular docs, which is called Stack Blitz. You may have come across it, but basically it's, um, it's, an, it's an online IDE um, which is built on top of VS Code basically for, um, for building Angular and also React applications um, in your browser. It's a, it's really remarkable because they've managed to effectively create an IDE environment which looks like you're using the Angular CLI. So for people who are who are learning Angular, this is an amazing resource, um, and we're going to be actually um, changing all our online examples to uh, link to the stack blitz so that they match ex much closer to what we're actually talking about in the guides. Um, uh, Ward and uh, Jesus have been uh, doing work on this and uh, it's going to be really cool. So definitely go and check that out. Um, the other thing is uh, a, a book I was given for my birthday by my father-in-law, uh, which is called Soonish. Uh, it's by Kelly and Zach Vinersmith, or Vinersmith. Um, and it's basically, um, they, these guys just write really beautiful and entertaining uh and uh, educating information about um, technology which is coming over the horizon. So uh, the, the subtext for the document, uh, for the book is um, 10 emerging technologies that will improve and or ruin everything. Uh, and they throw in a few cartoons and things. It's a really good book to read and I'm enjoying it. It's got stuff to do with, um, what was it? They, some crazy food generating device which is going to solve all of humanity's uh, eating crises and everything um but most of it will probably never happen but it was i'm really enjoying that book so definitely uh, check that out let's see that link in the show notes man that'll be it's cool it's going in it's going in yep megan what are your picks i literally just turned to Peter and said that's a pick. Um, so I don't have anything cool or fun lined up, but, but um, this has been my first podcast and it's been a lot of fun. So thank you so much for inviting me on. One thing you should uh, uh, say, Megan, is um, that they should be definitely listening out on Twitter for sneaky teasers for next year's Angular Connect because we've got some exciting new ideas that are going to come out for next year. Yeah, so follow our tweet stream. All right, will do. Well, um, thank you both for coming. 
and uh, thanks everyone for your input and, and telling us what it was like to be there. Um, if people want to know about next year's Angular Connect, what do they do? The easiest thing is to follow uh, our Twitter stream. Uh, it's just Angular Connect is the um, handle. Um, that's where we're going to make all our announcements. Uh, the website, angularconnect.com, uh, already um, is sort of readied for next year, but we'll start putting information on that uh, in the new year. So we'll have some big announcements uh, probably you can, before uh, ngconf kicks off around that time, maybe. And so on the night list. You can also follow Pete in the street if you want to to know more. <laughs> yeah, because I often leave information on Pete my back. Pete in the street. Pete in the street. <laughs> so just follow me around. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it looks like you got I want to see somebody dates. tweet that. Hashtag Pete in the street. <laughs> okay, done. Challenge accepted. Yeah, it looks like there are dates on the website and stuff. So, uh, yeah, if you're wondering what, what the deal is, go check it out. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, thanks, everyone, for coming. And uh, we'll catch everyone next week. It was great. Thank you for having us. Thanks Thank for you, coming. guys. Cheerio. Thanks so much. Cheerio. <laughs> Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.